Hello and welcome to MTG Profits. This is episode 37. I am your host, Devin, as always, joined by Andy. Hey, everybody. And this is a podcast where we sort of talk about uh, all things magic, and uh, we tend to pay a little bit more attention to the financial aspect of magic and buying and selling cards and also uh, news items, uh, mostly related to magic, but also some other card games as well. So that's uh, what we're Give all about. Give you some bonus, you know. Exactly. As For all your, your paper and uh, cardboard purchases. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As the, uh, as the magic historian says, um, owners of fine luxury cardboard rectangles. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny way to, uh, to uh, preface or, or describe uh, magic cards or cards in general is a luxury cardboard rectangle. Well, that's, that seems pretty accurate, I'd say. <laughs> it's kind of funny with... Think about the 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 value these things have and how much they go for. It, it really is kind of funny. It it's really like is. Yeah. what we're paying money for little little cardboard rectangles. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They are pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Oh yeah. As uh, as always, feel free to check out mtgprofits.com and um and also uh, and YouTube as well. And uh, every once in a while, we'll try to get some some. Uh, we've I ha- we haven't been as good about posting some. Yeah, we've been pretty poor on that one. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, mostly we just haven't had really the time. We haven't really been playing the matches, uh, so we don't have any feature matches for you last week. So uh, sorry we let you down if you've been watching those. And uh, we'll we'll do better on that. It's just a matter of uh, making our schedules work. Yeah, just just getting back into it. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, let's see. Seems there was something else I wanted to mention, but I guess we're getting back to these uh, luxury cardboard rectangles. Yes, back uh, to the rectangles. <laughs> which we, we we hoard and treasure so mightily. <laughs> you know, it's funny, and I, I can't. I think we've probably talked about this before, but the hoarding aspect is real. It's like it's, it becomes a space occupy uh, occupation problem. Like the cards, mm-hmm. they they take up so much just bulk room. You know, they, they do. They do. It's, uh, it's funny. We have uh, dedicated areas in our houses, respective to uh, yep. to, to uh, just storing these things and uh, and keeping them organized. And uh, it's uh, it's funny how how much space they can take up. It is, and I know, like of late, I feel I've done a poor job where I've got just stacks of cards and in, in kind of random places throughout my my little man cave with. Uh, on different shelves and like in little piles here and there, like some sort of yeah. Easter bunny like, dropping off little <laughs> magic cardboards. <laughs> it's so funny because you have like a quasi um, uh, organization of those piles too. If you're anything like me, I'm like, oh, yep. that's the that's the special land pile. I think that's the you know those are cards that I've gotten from TCG player that I haven't organized yep. yet. Exactly. Yeah. I know what each of those piles are. I know exactly what's in them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't say the same. Like sometimes my stacks, they 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 get sort of organized semi, and uh, but uh, I don't know exactly what's in them at any given time. They're they're sort of in a state of semi organization, I guess. So I put my stacks in. Uh, they I stack them and then I organize them later and put them into their final yeah. resting place. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty much the same. We have a lot of like, just kind Tem- of floating temporary stacks. Temporary stacks yes, they, yeah. they will be going somewhere. They just haven't yet. <laughs> it's, 
it's funny what something happened to me earlier and um I have actually in my possession, right on one of my stacks, this is its own stack, is an unopened mail stack of, like, TCG junk. Okay. Yeah. And it's unusual for me not to open them. I usually do. But this yeah. has been sitting here for probably three or four weeks, unopened, just sitting in a stack. There's, like, six six of these stuffed envelopes. You know what I mean with the TCG. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, um, and then what the funny thing about it was... Not that I hadn't opened it, although that's somewhat unusual. I usually do get to that, but but I've been sort of busy of late. And um, but what was unusual is I got a message from the Puka Trade, and oh, wow. uh, and it was like you have you should have received cards by now. And and then like I promptly ignored that message. I was like, what? Whatever. Yeah. And then like I got another message like a week later and and it was like from the dude I guess that sent me some cards. He's like, "Did you get the cards?" And I was like, "What? Really?" And then I was like, so then I had to go back into my stack of unopened mail. And sure enough, in the stack what I thought was a TCG order was actually a Puka trade. And it was for ah. cards that I didn't even remember having ordered. That's how uh Gee. it was um for something called the flesh carver and i must have had a plan for this but god i can't remember what the plan even was now like that's yeah, how yeah. you know that's how long ago i used the puka but apparently i still had a list that was active of things for people to send me and so um it's funny it's like a it's a commander card a commander only card okay. and it must have some weird value it's a three mana black 2-2 two, two with Intimidate, and yeah. you can sacrifice another creature to put two plus one, plus one counters on the Flesh Carver. And okay. when he dies, you put an XX Horror on the creature where X is his power. Okay. So there, there must be some deck associated with that, because then I looked back and I was like, oh, this is a $4 card? Didn't yeah. sound, didn't sound $4 good. But, um, but <laughs> like I said, it was so long ago, I didn't remember ha having any interest in it. I didn't even remember the card. I was like, yeah, yeah. like huh, that's weird. <laughs> so, huh. Puka giving me gifts in its, its death throes. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, well, that's a long time ago. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. That was really in its prime. Yeah, my goodness. But um, yeah, I haven't used it in years, and it just has been sitting dormant. So. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, blast from the past on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. But um, what else? Yeah. I had, um, I think we've got a, a couple of sort of, I had something funny to, and I, I guess uh, talking about eBay and mm -hmm. uh, selling and buying cards, I had sort of a funny situation happen to me. And I don't know quite what to do. And I, I actually... Um, I'm going to reach out to eBay to, to to for I guess point of clarification from them to see what they recommend I do. But yeah. um I recently sold some Force of Will cards and by recently I mean yesterday. Okay. And, um, Very recent. I, yeah. So I you know, I I usually the next day when I when I get a purchase in, so I usually send them out the next day. I try to get them sure. out pretty quickly. And um I'm with you on that. Yeah, sometimes the same day, but most often the next day just cuz timing timing and sure. whatnot. Yeah. So um so I had sold one of these uh 5x packs. I sold uh like f all five of the starter decks for the what's called the Alice cluster and okay. um sold it for like 60 bucks, which is, you know, fair price. And uh, it was all five yeah. starter decks and it's free shipping, so I usually send it out for, you know, it usually costs me about 7 bucks to send them out. 
Okay. So I, I net about I net about eh, a little under fifty bucks. I after costs and fees and shipping, I net about forty eight dollars. And so this was one of those things where I did pretty well on. I've I've probably I bought twenty five of these things for a hundred bucks. So okay. So when I sell five of them and net fifty. I'm doing pretty well. Because, yeah. Yeah. Once I've sold two sets, of which I've already sold four sets, I think. Okay. Um, I, uh, once I sell two, I break even, mm-hmm. even after my costs. And um, so then basically the three, I get three sets for free. So, but anyway, so what's happened this time is I noticed like a much juicier number went into my PayPal, not fifty nine ninety nine, which was my asking price again, free shipping. But $81.51, okay? So it was markedly higher, and uh, it was noticeable. I, was, I expected 60 but 80 came. Okay. And, um, so this and was it, someone paying for it? Paying the, in. Yep, paying they, in for these uh, Force of Will uh, startup decks. Yep. So, um, so I was like, well, that's weird. So then I went to the, um, I went to the you know, print shipping label thing, yeah. and everything seemed kind of okay. And I was like, well, okay. that's so weird. Nothing unusual. So then I went to print out the packing slip, and this was where the the, the question comes uh, up. Uh, okay. I have specifically on my eBay account not no overseas shipping. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to have to deal with that. However, this thing says right on the on the shipping label, ship to, and then it gives the guy's name, mm-hmm. and it wants to go to some place called Kamloops, BC, CA. Which is, I believe, British Columbia, Canada. Okay. 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 So, so I'm like, oh, dang it. So, it, you know, on the shipping, on the uh, packing slip, the guy wants to ship it to Canada. So there's an import charge of ten bucks and a shipping fee of eleven bucks. So that's why eighty-one dollars came in instead of sixty dollars. Okay. 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 However, when I go to print out the shipping label, I usually use eBay and PayPal to auto to auto fill in all the details of my shipping label so sure. I don't have to type anything. And then it will show, you know, item shipped and the buyer knows when everything is coming. And, and then eBay has the tracking associated with it so they know when the item arrives. Yep. So guess what? The, the address that's in eBay is different than the address that he typed in in the ship to column. The uh, address is the United States address. So I'm like, oh, boy. So now, then I do a little bit more digging, and I'm like, what is up with this? So then I look into the guy's account. His account was opened yesterday. (laughs) He has zero transactional history. His account was opened yesterday, and it's one of these weird... um, It's one of these weird names, like... um, let me see if I can see if I can pull it up. It's some. It's like a weird thing with a hashtag and or an underscore in it, like DYC two seven six zero dash H three seven five. You know, it's not like it looks like a randomly generated username. So yeah. now I have this weird shipping situation, and I have two conflicting addresses, a weird amount in the PayPal. And an account that was created yesterday. Okay. So, what would you do with this one? I, I think I would probably go back to the the um, the buyer and be like, "Listen, I, I have two addresses for you. Which is the correct address?" And then, depending on that, 
uh, figure out what to do from there. Either if it means, I don't know, doing a refund, I guess, of some sort or, or collecting more money, uh, whichever. But uh, I yeah, know that usually right. when, you, when you do that global ship, it's usually about, I want to say, $22 minimum, mm-hmm. I want to say, um, which is about what was paid in these fees. Okay. Although some of that, I don't know what that import fee and all that is. But, um, but you know, and I'm just, so then in my mind, I'm like, what kind of scam could this be? You know, yeah. and then I'm thinking like, is this a scam of some sort? If so, what would it be? Like, where is, what's the angle? You know, what's the angle here, you know, it's, you know, I've been scammed on eBay before, but mostly it's, uh, people saying they never received their goods. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a typical scan scam. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's an odd one. I don't know how they could be scamming me. The only thing. You know, because I guess what could happen is if they say, oh, they never got the item or whatever, they would, re- you know, eBay would suck my money back and give it right back to them. And mm-hmm. then I would be out the shipping. But I was like, how does that make the scammer any money? You know, yeah. so I'm not quite sure. So I actually think I'm going to just hit eBay up and see what they recommend I do. You know, ship it to the listed eBay address or ship it to this weird typed in address. And uh, I'll see what they tell me. So, yeah. As opposed to touching base with the potential scammer. You see what I mean? It's like, because watch him say, oh, no, send it to British Columbia. And then it still doesn't really assuage my concern that something weird is happening. Well, I guess the only thing with that is, I mean, he's, he paid the additional amount for the shipping to there, right? Which I have no idea how that is even calculated. Do you see what I mean? Because yeah. when I try to print it, purchase and print the shipping label, it won't allow me to do that. It won't allow okay. me to send it to the weird place. Yeah. It only allows me to send it to the U.S. address, which is also why I think there's something weird happening. Yeah. The, and the U.S. address appears to be a dropship address. I don't know if you're familiar with what a dropship address is. No, I'm not. So the the way that works is, um, you know, and that's actually – that usually happens with the Russian scams. So actually – It's in, like a P.O. box or something? In retrospect, it, it, may, be, it may be a dropship scam. The way that works is uh, it'll be an address that that appears to be a legit address. It's mm-hmm. usually near a um, it's usually near a um, an airport. And okay. what happens is they take your item, receive it, immediately ship it out, ship it overseas. So uh-huh. it's somewhere usually in, it's like usually the Russian Federation is known for this, and uh, they'll do it with electronics and jewelry primarily, okay. and. Um, and then once the item is gone, then they will get a refund, but the item will never come back. So mm. you essentially will refund them and not receive your goods back. Okay. So, and that may be what's happening here, where they're trying to get the goods and then get a refund. So could that be. could be. Could yeah. Be. So, uh, well, like I said, I'll I'll see what the eBay says about that. I may just cancel the transaction just to for my own peace of mind. But. That'd probably be the, the safe move. Yeah. I hate to hate to do that, but... Well, like you said, it seems like there's something shady up with the... Yeah, something weird seems so. to be happening. So. Yeah. But, uh... Mm-hmm. Well, so that, that was my, weird. uh... That was my new... That was my new weird, uh... experience. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I guess you never know. It's, uh... <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Happen on the eBay. People scamming one way or the other. (laughs) 
it's it's funny too because you you're like sometimes people come up with like elaborate scams and you're like mm-hmm. how do they think of this stuff you know yeah <laughs> but, but apparently the the criminal mind is is sneaky in its ways you know? oh absolutely yeah and apparently they they can be a little more clever than uh than uh than some of the cheaters i e uh, the recent yuya watanabe yeah yeah <laughs> he got his full on uh he got uh, he got his full on ban. I don't know if you saw that. The, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, once he got Kotaku'd, It's like that's that's apparently that's that's the um, the death knell for any magic player. Did you did you hear that or did you know that? No, that, I haven't heard there's that. There's actually a term. It's, it's, it's when you've been Kotaku'd. Apparently, the Kotaku <laughs> is a, um, a, a a relatively um, uh, <coughs> a relatively large. I guess a gaming um, website where they talk about games, video games, and all things. Yeah, I, I read a lot of their articles. Yeah, and uh, apparently they're they're known for their for their um, their sort of uh, left leaning social justice bent, and okay. um, so they'll 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 write hit pieces on people. Apparently, once they've reached a certain level of notoriety, and apparently he had <laughs> he had reached that level, and. Okay. Um, Apparently, the history is that everyone who who is mentioned in a Kotaku article, magic related, pretty much gets a ban. And it usually is like a lifetime ban, even for people that have survived bannings before for the same activity. Apparently, like (laughs) Wizard sits up and take note, takes notice once once you've been Kotaku. So apparently it's that's a common thing. So he he was written up in the Kotaku, you know, article and he has been he's received a 30 i believe 30 month ban oh wow uh, his uh his his uh his status has been removed he's been stripped of all his uh his uh lifetime achievements and his um status as a what what do they call it when you're the hall of fame his hall of okay. fame status has been stripped uh yeah. his he's uh and he's banned for uh 30 months so two oh, i guess wow. two, two and a half years Okay. So, um, so his, he is done, <laughs> so, which honestly, like he should, Game over. you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like an obvious cheater. You're done. There's, you know, of all the infractions, this yeah. is the infraction that they should punish. You know, this is the one that if they're going to punish behavior, you know, this is the kind of thing that should be punished. They don't need to be the thought police. They don't need to worry about guys taking pictures of butt cracks. They need to worry yeah. about cheaters in their professional games, you know. Yep. Yep. So the butt crack guy, he got a lifetime ban. Did you know that? Last you know the butt cracker? The, uh, I, I, guess, I have heard this one, yeah. <laughs> he was the guy that, like, went around to, like, GPs, and yep. he would pose with people's butt cracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was I remember actually that. kind of yeah. funny, <laughs> to be honest. Yep. Like, the old... He would like you know Cracker. take pictures where you know people's cracks were showing like the mm-hmm. the plumbers you know i e plumbers crack style yeah, yeah and he would take like a picture near the crack <laughs> which is <laughs> which is really kind of funny you know it is yeah it's pretty you funny. Know, it really is kind of humorous but uh, but yeah that guy got a, a complete lifetime ban so he can't he can't play in any event even Friday Night Magics and things of that nature like he's done in any sanctioned event across Magic's wow. space. So I think I think that was harsh for 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 a, a joke thing, you, you know. It's like yeah, I would I would agree on that. You know, and and the other players have been banned for their, I, I guess more their their harsh their criticisms of 
of wizards and the way wizards operate and um mm-hmm. and uh i guess the the more famous ones the um i guess uh, the magic for bad the travis Wu, he got a he got a huge ban for uh being a website admin that um i guess had some content uh, that that wizards felt was was uh, off color yeah, and, uh, he didn't create the content. He was just the administrator of the of the of the Facebook page, is what it was. So he ha- he was one of the administrators for. He had two websites. One was you know uh, Magic for Bad and Magic for Good, and it was like good stories about Magic players and bad stories about Magic players. Yeah, and I guess, uh, I... Wizards didn't like that, so he got a multi-year ban for that too. Mm. So, but uh, a couple of others uh, got got huge bans. But um, those are the two that I can think of. Yeah, but, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, it's familiar. I think they, they, uh, they, they need to punish the cheaters. They don't need to punish the. They don't need to be the thought police. They don't need to punish the, you know, website creators or, you know, content creators, so to speak. But they do need to punish cheaters. And it's like, yeah, that seems a little excessive to go after these other parties. Uh, yeah, it's an odd. It's an odd thing. Yeah. Which kind of gets us, I guess, to our to one of our news items, talking about uh, you know the thought police and their their sort of um, I guess more of like a, a social justice bent to a lot of the things that they that Wizards is trying to sort of incorporate into their into their product space. The um, mm-hmm. the news item that you had sent about the uh, Magic Pro League. And yes, they had so, a review about what was going on there. Yeah, so there's. Um in far in terms of esports there's been uh you know more of this magic pro league and there's supposed to be you know top 32 players were supposed to be given a play and a streaming comp, co- uh, streaming contract to compete in this weekly magic the arena um and then as part of this pro league um uh, they were filling up two spots and they they filled it with uh Jessica Estefan and Jan, Janny, Jan, uh, Savage, Savage, Mikkonen. I'm, I'm sure I, I'm, yeah, Conan, I'm sure I butchered all that horribly. Uh, but the salient points there was that uh, Jessica was the the first woman to compete in the the Magic Pro League and was the highest ranked woman in the Pro Points system uh, from previous competitive magic season. And, uh, she'd also made a top 16 of the last mythical invitational, um, and the only woman to ever win a, a magic grand prix. And the other guy, uh, McConan, uh, he's plays for team liquid and a bunch of other digital card games, but not as much into the magic part of it, but he's a big <laughs> dreamer. And, uh, apparently an arena yeah. he hit, the number one player, uh, I guess. Uh, he had the number one mythic ranking. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, the, uh... the, the, so they added these two people, and I, I guess the, the the uproar here from other people was, well, especially in, I guess, uh, well, I guess in both of their cases, really. That uh, There's almost like two separate issues with them, but they're similar. In, similar. In, I that guess they, they, they didn't really deserve to be part of this 32. You know, I think the problem is that Wizards does idiotic things for the, for the sometimes the right reasons and sometimes the wrong reasons. Yeah. So they they tout the Magic Pro League as the the pinnacle of play. You know, they they they, they tout it as the the best of the best, and that's how it's been marketed historically. They say, oh, you know, we've got the best of the best players here, 
and um, and that's how we're going to determine how these people play yeah. or how they get in. But now they they say, well, you know what? We're we're going to uh, reduce the barrier of entry into this elite group. Mm-hmm. And by reduce the barrier of entry, what they mean is make it so you don't have to have skill per se to to get in. Which exactly. is exactly the opposite of 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 what they had stated was their criteria before. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, and I don't have a, a problem. And it's obvious why Wizards is doing it. Wizards is doing it because, in the case of uh, McConan, he's mm-hmm. a, he's a large Hearthstone streamer. He has a large following. He doesn't play Magic. <laughs> not a whole lot anymore. No, not too so much. They basically come right out and say. You know, these are players who might not have made it into the pro league via a meritocracy using the traditional system. Yes. You know, so they say that um, with the with Estefan in particular, this is a deliberate move to begin introducing more diversity into yes. the highest a female rank of player. So you know, which is you know, which is fine, but the problem that they have is they're saying these are the best of the best, except. Yes. For these people that we're going to throw in last minute. These are not the best. Yeah. And they come right out and say it. They're like, we're lowering the barrier to entry for these specific people. Yeah. And I think in so doing, they've made a mistake. I think what they should do or what they could do. And, and, and you know, I don't understand why mm-hmm. they don't do things that are obvious like this. But what they should have is not an MPL, not a yeah. Magic Pro League. They should have a Magic Invitational League or a Magic sure. Entertainment League sure. or something Absolutely. of that nature where they get to obviously pick and choose who they want for the reasons they want. Yes. You know, the Wizards wants to show a broader face. They're like, oh, you know, if you're a woman, boom, we want 10 women on this Invitational yep. League. Oh, mm-hmm. you're black, you, you're on the league. If you're a black woman, you're doubly on the league. You're doubly, if you you're know, not binary, you're definitely here too. You know, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I think that would be fine. I also think that would be fine to draw these people in, these streamers that don't yeah. play magic. Guess what? They're, <laughs> they're, fun, they're, they're more fun to watch. Bring them to the Invitational League. You know, if they want to determine what the face of a Magic the Gathering player looks like, br- produce a league for that purpose. But, yeah. you know, this is who we are. This is what we believe in. This is what we're doing. You know, this is how we incorporate inclusion. So to, to project the image that they want to project, they should call it the either the, the Entertainment League or I like the Invitational League. I like the idea of an Invitational yeah. Because yep. then they don't have to. They don't have to pretend that these are the best of the best. They don't have to say it. And you know what? It might even be great because we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Watching a magic game is awful. Watching it's boring. Watching pros play a magic game is even more awful. Yeah. You know, these are not fun people to watch. These are not fun games to watch. But you know what? Maybe some goofball streamer would be fun to watch. Maybe yeah. he'd be cracking jokes. You know, maybe, you know, maybe that makes more sense to me, you know, so I understand why they want to do it, but they shouldn't muddy the waters by saying these are the best of the best, except for these people that we that we hand selected for other reasons other than being the best.
It, it's a I'm... very conflicting kind of attitude and, and statements to make, uh, it, you know, about this type of league. And, and it's, I think it's okay. got to be super frustrating for, I would say, honestly, most everyone involved. You know it ticks off the people that have worked their way. They have grinded for years. Yeah. And absolutely. all of a sudden, oh, we've got a streamer now. He doesn't really know how to play Magic very well, but he has a big audience. So we're going to throw him in. And he, oh, by the way, you were just about, you just missed the MPL. You were like the one person away. You're not getting in because he's getting in. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's got to be infuriating. And then the other problem that we have, even for the other side, like say for more women in Magic or more non-binary players or yeah. more whatever, then all of a sudden, if you're that person, Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're in the, the pro league that's supposed to be merit-based, and yeah. all of a sudden you've essentially been promoted into the pro league via essentially what would amount to affirmative action. Now it cheapens yeah. your accomplishments as an individual in that league. Exactly. exactly. So now it's like people will look at you and think, oh, well, you don't deserve to be here. You just got put here because you're a woman. Or whatever. Whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, it, whatever it is. It takes away from your accomplishments once you've yeah. gotten there. You could be awesome. You could be the. You could be great once you got there. The problem is no one will give you credit for it. Because no. it's going to no. hang over you like a cloud. So I think it's not good for either the player or for the established players. You see what I mean? Like, in both cases, it's problematic for different reasons. And... I think that's why they shouldn't have it as part of their pro league. They should have it as part of an invitational league. They want to promote the face of magic. That's their prerogative. That's their job. Just don't say that it's one thing and then do another thing. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very, I guess, poorly done. But And I don't know why they don't see that and why they wouldn't do such a thing. And, and you know, they, they know, Wizards knows that the pro, the pro tour and the, all this sort of stuff – is not great. It's not great for yeah. Matt. They've yeah. tried to kill the Pro Tour before. You remember before, years ago? Yep. They just yep. were like, no, we're done with the Pro Tour now. It's over. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. And people, had, you know, people were in an uproar, and they were like, fine, fine, we'll bring it back. You know, every once in a while, Wizards does something really dumb like that. Or they'll be like, oh, we're not supporting Modern anymore. And then people go ape. And then they're like, oh, never mind, we're, we're bringing Modern back. You know, they'll, they'll do these dumb things. And um, and then they'll have to backtrack. But w- what they could do, honestly, is just scale back the pro the pro tour or the you know professional league so much so that it's not as important because nobody cares anyway. No basketball yeah. player really cares. Do you? Could you name like the top five pro players? I couldn't. Nope. You know, no. it's funny. It's like I couldn't name any of these people. So obviously. People are not paying attention to the pros no. because it's not really fun. Nobody really cares. It's a casual game, realistically. The most players are casuals. And um, so they could scale that way back, and most casuals would not care. They could exactly. scale it back, scale back the payouts, and then they could point your direction – Point your attention to the Magic Invitational League, where we have a diverse set of funny, entertaining players. They're not playing Standard today. They're playing Emperor, or they're playing EDH, or Commander, or they're trying Battle Bond, our new version, you know? You know, yeah, you can't the, say EDH anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess it's. We'll edit that out. No EDH. You didn't hear it. <laughs> 
So, you know, they could do wacky, zany stuff, team fights, you know, they, they, they wouldn't have to take the Invitational too seriously. And yeah. it could showcase what magic is all about. You know, oh, it's fun. It's wacky. We have different play styles. It doesn't always have to be this one-on-one grind against a weirdo sitting across the table. You yeah. know, you can play teams. You, you know, it's like women can play. Men can play. Everybody can play because honestly, everybody can play and everybody does play. So make the invitational their focus, but leave the professional leagues alone so that the professionals can be all hardcore in their little pocket of magic and be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. If yeah, I, would, I would scale that back so that I wouldn't create a giant uprising among yeah. the hardcores, but I would focus more of my attention on what I felt was important for the game. Yeah. So I, I don't know why they don't do stuff like that. I really don't. It's not like they don't have the money. They surely do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like this is, these are things that they kind of should have thought a little bit more about before they... My goodness, common they, sense, they people. Do this, yeah. How do people not think of this stuff? Yeah. We're just two regular casuals, you know, in our little corner of the world. And, and I'm sure other people have better ideas than us. You know, have teams of people working on this. You know, they, should have, they should have a whole freaking... You know, sub subdivision of the company figuring this kind of stuff out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, goodness. I, I, I saw some of the same kind of comments online from people, too. The idea, like you said, like having, you know, maybe multiple different types of leagues. And, you know, you could have your invitational or, you know, whatever, your competitive one or pro one. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that makes sense. That your way. Your old league or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you, you have options. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the way to go, you know. That way, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't cheapen the experience for anybody, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it's just a winning combination. Yeah, they they tried to combine kind of two things in this, uh, this this uh, league here, and yeah, they're trying to have it be too many different things. Exactly, and and I guess back to what you said too. Like uh, one of the statements from Wizards on this was, uh, you know. Uh, we don't want to dismiss the system that we have in place, and we want people still to to earn their way through the competitive structures. But this is our effort to say that there are lots of people who find barriers in those competitive structures, and the way that they've they're built effectively makes it harder for different people in in the broad diverse representation to rise to the top. So we're trying to I don't want to yeah. sound mean but we're trying to make things easier for some people to to rise to the top right because there's already barriers in place here it, that's why it's insulting i think to the to ev- almost everyone involved they're lowering the barrier to entry by removing the skill requirement exactly you know and, which... <laughs> and maybe maybe you should focus on the 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 obstacles and the barriers that are in place and try and improve those then try to Give the work around. Yeah, like it's, it kind of feels like, well, here's your free pass. Yeah. Like, like yeah. oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know. It, 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 you know what? It's like you said before. They're trying to combine two different disparate things and trying to make yeah. it a cool thing. It's kind of like, you know, like in the card type. Like pirates are cool, maybe. Yeah. Dinosaurs are cool. But guess what you don't have? Dinosaur pirates. It doesn't Not make yet. any sense. 
I guess give them time. Give it a couple years. We'll have dinosaur pirates. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's, you know what I mean? It's like, both things are cool by themselves. Some things just don't belong together. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Dinosaur pirates. Do you remember the old uh, cartoon, uh, the Dinosaucers? I do. Dinosaucers. (laughs) They were like dinosaurs who, they were from outer space? I can't remember exactly. They had a number. I know it was. uh, They they were like intelligent and they had like technology and whatnot. And they were. I there remember was the like, tune. I don't remember this show this too well. Yeah, and, and of course there was two different factions. There's like the good dinosaurs and the bad dinosaurs, <laughs> and I think they had some humans who they interacted with. The, yeah, and, the human pets or whatever. Yeah, and uh, they kind of you know fought and and whatnot. But yeah, I think they were. I think they were outer space <laughs> dinosaurs. Space dinosaurs. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you're right. I guess give wizards enough time, they'll they'll find some way to shoehorn things together when they run low on other ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. <laughs> that was a, that was a cloud. I remember watching that show. God, I remember the song. Da, 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 da. Is it not, okay, it was 1987 or 65 episodes. Uh, they were the battles against the evil Tyrannos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. 1986, huh? Yeah. Uh, 87, yeah. Or 87. So we were like nine, <laughs> I guess. It was good. I remember. It was. I watched it before school. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a, you'd be sitting there with your bowl of cereal, and it was yeah, because it was like at eight o'clock or something, or eight thirty, yep. whatever. Yep. It was. It wasn't cool enough to be a Saturday morning cartoon. No. But it was a. Uh, it was. It was no uh, Thundercats or GI Joe or Transformers, but uh, it was the morning. Uh, the morning show. It was like. You know, it was like Captain Planet level. You know, you'd watch it <laughs> yeah. while you're eating your cereal, but it was awful otherwise. <laughs> it was pretty bad, yeah. Although probably the dinosaurs was better than Captain Planet. Captain oh, Planet absolutely. was awful. <laughs> was, I, yeah, I never, I never got into that one. Like, Seems to me they were on at almost the same time. Like I, I seem to seem to be, be thinking like be eating my my Choco Puffs or whatever, and, and those shows would come on. So. God, that was an awful one. <laughs> <laughs> we will have dinosaur pirates. That's the <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Yes. Uh, dinosaur <laughs> pirates. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Did you have any other uh, news items that you wanted well, you to know, I thought you were going to segue into the other eBay-related news. Uh Instead of the uh, MPL, but uh, to, to, to recircle back around, uh, we've been following the one story for a couple weeks now about the good old War of the Spark Mythic Edition. And oh, yes. Mythic Edition fiasco that has uh, Mythic Edition gate that, that's been going on here um, for the last couple weeks. And the, oh, the original yeah. genesis of that was that... Uh, they to, to sum up quickly, they uh, Wizards was going to release the the Mystic Edition on eBay. This was I think May first, and uh, that bombed horribly because they uh, had lots of people who ordered it, but they only had what was it thirteen thousand twelve thousand twelve thousand yeah. that were available. So you had a lot of angry people who did not get 
Yeah, I believe uh, 21,000 orders were canceled, 12,000 orders were completed. Yes. So. so that led to a lot of upset people. There was even a lawsuit that was being filed over that. It is, yeah. Um, this was, it's funny uh, because it was like a day after the lawsuit was filed was when they announced news about the um, mythic... Uh, the the reward that would be granted to people who had their orders canceled. Did you mention what the reward was? No, not yet. So this this the news came out shortly thereafter. That, I, want to say it was, I think it was the next day. Yeah, and it, it was, was like it was a two word. It was a two line press release uh, on their website. Did you see it? It, it was, was very like, short. It was extraordinarily yeah. short. It was very tight lipped, and it was like we wanted to apologize for eBay's failing to properly process our payments. And as a reward, eBay will be supplying you with an uncut uh, mythic foil sheet. (laughs) Yes. And it was funny, they specifically mentioned that it was eBay's fault. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that was was basically the whole note. That was it. And no details, no nothing. It was like a two-sentence informational release. Yes. Oh, and you would get a twenty dollar gift code for future purchases. For eBay. Yeah. Yes, for eBay. Yeah. They they seem to try to make it really clear that they're like, this isn't our fault. It's eBay. eBay. Not us. Not us. eBay. <laughs> eBay did it. eBay is providing you the sheets. eBay is going to give you a credit. It's all on eBay. And uh, don't sue us, please. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is so you get a foil sheet of cards. Basically, a giant poster that uh, contains eleven cards vertically, eleven cards horizontally. If you want to use them, you're going to have to get them cut, um, which is probably impossible to have yeah. the, the proper round corners and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's going to be very difficult. Uh, I mean, most people would probably use these as a collectible item, you know, frame them or whatever. Um, so, I mean, there's not a, really a whole lot you can do with that. <laughs> there's so. not. You know, it's funny because I looked into this a while back. I don't know if you remember, we had we had won one of these. Yeah, during, yeah, you uh, did. I remember it was a very late night at, at Gen yeah, Con. I think, I think it was like I think we took third and fourth place at the Grand Melee, the first Grand Melee at GP Vegas, the first uh, the first GP Vegas, I believe. Oh, wow, was that the one? Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, the largest Grand Melee in the history of the game, over two thousand players, and I think. Um, yeah, we did really well with that, and uh, the prize was uh, an uncut foil sheet of, I think, M11 or M12, and I, um, I looked into having it framed, and it was, like, frighteningly expensive to have it framed. It was, like, I want to say 300 and something dollars, because it's a weird size and shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very awkward, so it's funny, like, it's still sitting in a tube all curled up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because what? what are you gonna do with it? What am I gonna do with the thing? It's cool, but it's like I, I haven't found a way to properly display it yet. So, yeah. so I'm sure that's what people will end up doing. Is although I will say, as as far as things go, Wizards could have done a worse job of rewarding people for their failing. So, exactly, they could have done nothing at all. Um, which was their, it's just their historic. Which is their historic uh, modus operandi. They're like, do yeah. nothing, say nothing. And uh, this time, I think, like I said, I think they were like, uh-oh, we've done screwed up too many times here. We yeah, have to placate like... the angry nerds, otherwise they shall actually do something this time. You know, I guess the, the fervor was, was ferocious enough to 
prompt them to actually do something this time, you know? Yes. So it's, uh, so I guess they did. And, and I think they responded, honestly, I would say relatively appropriately. I, I would say if I was one of the people that had one of my orders canceled, if I was going to get a free uncut foil sheet, of, of all the mystics in the edition of set as well, I believe. Yeah. I would probably say, you know what? Fine, hook me up with that. I'm I'm happy. Give me my eBay twenty bucks. Uh, to, in my mind, that's good enough. You know. I, I think that's yeah. I think that's sufficient. Yeah. I mean, like, so if you were one of the canceled people and you were you you were eligible to join the class action, do you think you would take the deal or join the class action? Because it's either one or the other. You can't do both. Okay. You know. I, I'd probably just for convenience sake take the the sheet. <laughs> I think so too, and I, I think part of the problem, and, and people that I don't think realize what the sort of how the legal system works anyway. Like people just mm-hmm. think, oh, I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna get some money, you know. And yeah. Like you have to prove your damages. <laughs> so yeah. it's like now, granted, that can somewhat be illustrated by the for the sake of argument. If you were going to buy a box for two fifty, and the boxes are selling for four fifty, your mm-hmm. damages would be say two hundred bucks. So yeah. you can actually put a num- numeric value on that. But the problem is the lawyers are going to suckle forty percent, and mm-hmm. that's only if everyone agrees to you getting full damages. So what's yeah. probably going to happen is it's like, oh well, your damages are going to be fifty bucks. And the lawyers are going to get forty percent of your fifty bucks. So mm-hmm. then that's probably how it would work in real life, and it would probably take four years. So yeah, you know, so you're sitting there thinking, well, I could have thirty dollars four years from now, or I could take the uncut foil sheet and my twenty dollar eBay credit. So exactly. Also, to top it off, I don't know if people realize this, but just by having your order canceled doesn't enter you into the eligible pool. For the class action, you have to have not accepted the mm-hmm. money back. So you have to still have had your yep. money in limbo. So mm-hmm. uh, I would bet dollars to donuts out of the 21,000 canceled orders, probably a 1,000 people have refused their money back. You know? Probably, yeah. So absolutely. the vast majority of people already have their money back. Yep. And there's probably like a 1,000 a holdouts, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Makes sense. And then at that point, a thousand holdouts, you know, and then the lawyers suck in their but the lawyers probably won't even bother chasing that, you know, because yeah. lawyers not going to care for a thousand dollars times thirty bucks or twenty bucks, yep. you know, they're not going to sit there and they're, they're just not going to do it. So, because that's the other thing that people fail to understand: lawyers want money. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like they're not working for free. They'll take a case pro bono when they know that the end that there's money to get at, you know, when there's no damages or when the damages are so small, there's nothing, there's no one that's going to take that. So, yep. you know, there's, there's just no interest. And when there's no interest, there's no legal representation yep. unless you pay for the legal representation and nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, funny stuff. Oh, goodness. Yeah, the nerds have spoken on this one. Mm. <laughs> I, I think in this case, I, I, I would I would say, honestly, Wizard's response is, I, I would say fair. I would say yeah. it's probably more than fair. It's probably the best we're ever going to get from Wizards ever. 
So <laughs> I might be surprised, but I, I've never seen such a grandiose, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, attempt at reparations from wizards. And I, I don't know if we'll ever see one. I don't know if we'll see it's like again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's the most of the news for the week. I think, I think so. Yeah. That about covers it. Hmm. Yeah. I sent you a funny picture and, uh, I'll, I think I'll, I'll have to chat with you offline about it because it, it is kind of a humorous thing. But okay. uh, do, you see, do you see it in this in the Skype? Uh, I gotta find the little right oh, Skype uh, thing to uh, show my show our history. It's it says drama. Magic the Gathering esports seeks to diversify pro scene, and um, it, when you pull it up, there's a uh, it's the it's the it's the main picture on Wizards uh, Wizards of the Coast Magic the Gathering esports. Okay. Um, let me see. It. Oh, okay. wait. Okay, I think I got it. I figured it out. It here. says like screenshot or something. Uh, wait. I almost. I thought I had it, but let's see. Can you see the text that, um, for example, where the replays show up and where? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Just click on that little thing. So when you take a look at that that picture, right? I mm -hmm. love how they always show these things. It's like uh, the, the the last time I remember getting a real a, a kick or a rise out of this was when it was like they will know your name, and it shows like all these people like yeah. bowing glory to the the Planeswalker trophy and and people screaming in joy. And I'm like, this is nothing like what a what a what a GP looks like to a winner circle. You know, it's like a quiet <laughs> desk of players. You know, and, and it's it, it's nothing like reality and look, take a look at this picture it's like how on earth did they even come up with this one yeah it's, this is like it looks like a kind of a, a it's a rock concert or something not only that like they're trying to like show you know what magic is like i've never seen a diverse group like this you know and yeah. I, I understand they're yeah. trying to promote this which is i think fine and you know to a degree laudable yeah. the more different types of players we have the better the game however yeah. There's not a single white male in this picture. <laughs> well, there's there's like, one guy. There's one guy. Is that a guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess he's he's, he's bearded. kind of off to the center. Yeah, okay. Off center. Yeah. So it's funny. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten obvious people in here, and there's two males. <laughs> there's the there's the black guy with the afro kind of picture. That's a dude. There's the the dude with the the um the beard and there's maybe a dude with curly hair, sort of behind yeah. and like yeah, it, that, yeah. that's it. It's so funny. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, well, that, that that picture is they're truly, taking uh, it a little overboard here with this stuff, you know. Yeah, that's that's some fake news right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they got that picture from, but. Uh, <laughs> From, uh, it was not Magic the Gathering. No, no. <laughs> oh goodness! Although we could use we could use more events like that. It would be a much much more yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. That looks like it's popping wherever it that looks, is. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's like oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> funny. I think that might be about it for the week. I think. Yeah, that... I think so. The only I do have one cell uh, uh, 
recommendation because oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually did this myself recently, and I, I I've been kind of looking at it a little bit more now, and it, it has been on the move. Um, as far as selling, uh, if you have a microsynth lattice, uh, you can find it. The most recent, I think, printing of it was in Battle Bond. It was a mythic, uh, but it was it was in the past. I think uh, was it Dark Steel. Uh, anyway, it was back back a ways. Uh, but this is a, a pricey bugger, and it's All actually right. gone up. Uh, it's, it's the most expensive mythic in Battle Bond at the moment, and it's hovering around uh, sixty four dollars or so. My goodness. Uh, so I would go ahead and, and drop that if you if you have it. Wow, wait. Uh, I, I got rid of mine just uh, just this past week. So. Wow, uh, that's a great. And one. I don't think I made that much on it, but. Um, Wow, you are yep. not kidding. This thing is a pricey little bugger. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And I want to say the reason for its uh, steep incline, there was some new deck, I believe, that... Uh, it must be, my it. And that's why, um, why it's wow. got this attention. So if you have the Microsynth Lattice from Battle Bond... Or Dark Steel. Or Dark Steel, go ahead and, and drop that. Uh, it'll be worth it. Wow, that is that is some bucks right there. You're not kidding. Yes. Gosh, you know some of these older cards. Some of these have just silently crept up. You know, from the, you know way back in Fifth Dawn and Dark Steel and oh my goodness, you know, amazing. But you know what? They'll be reprinted. So you're a hundred percent correct. And once something reaches this level, it becomes a reprint target. So yes, yes. Make sure you cash in. So. My bird in hand is worth two in the bush, so exactly. get your money. Uh, you know, this is probably just a temporary thing, too. Mm-hmm. It'll drop back down. Cash in. Cash mm-hmm. in. So I want to say, and I, I haven't followed this super tightly, but uh, I, I thought I saw some news on the the Japanese plane, Planeswalkers, the alt-art ones. The alt ones. Okay. Uh, they came out, you know, with very high prices, but they are on the decline now. Um, I, I can't, I don't have any hard proof on that, uh, but I, I thought I saw some information on that one. You know, that, that's going to be one of those things we keep, we keep tabs on as well. We'll kind of keep you informed on that. I, I have a little bit of an interest in that myself. I kind of like some of the alt art stuff. I wish it was printed in English. That's my only downside to that one. Is there, yeah. They're printed in Japanese with the alt art. And I, I hate alternate language cards. You know, mm-hmm. technically they're all legal and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know, as, as a relatively casual player, sometimes I don't know what every card does without reading I the don't. text sometimes. Uh-huh. So, oh, goodness. So I wish it was the alternate art, but in English. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's the unfortunate part, which honestly is why I think they will decline quite substantially in value. Yeah. Usually foreign language, for example, like foreign language booster boxes and foreign language cards do not hold anywhere near the value of English language cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking in the realms usually of 50%. So wow. uh, every once in a while, a booster box will be worth more. And sometimes, strangely, some of the Russian booster boxes are worth more. And yeah. I think that has to do with they had a higher percentage higher of them. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, every once in a while, they'll do something like that to try to prop up the foreign card market. And I think that's exactly what this is. It's an attempt to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of it, but I, I can't see myself... Even though I like a lot of the alternate art, I can't see myself buying it because of it non-English. So yeah, yeah, so, I can see that. 
And there's no way I'll be able to read the text on those. So oh, yeah. if it's Spanish, you'll be able to do it. You know, you'd be like, oh, okay, I pretty much can gather what that is. But mm-hmm. man, you know, if it's like, oh my gosh, like the, you know, oh my gosh, like some of like the Japanese stuff, and I guess the the actually, I'm not even sure if it's in Japanese. Is it some kind of standard Chinese type? I can't remember. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I thought they is. were. I thought they were Japanese. Uh, I know they're Japanese cards, but the language is some sort of. I'm not sure if that. If that graphical language is some kind of standardized Chinese or something that Japan also uses, I know it's a funny thing, but Vietnam uses the same thing as well. So so even these, though, uh, they appear randomly in Japanese language War of the Spark boosters. Okay, so, so that's like a, specifically a Japanese thing. So in any event, like that runic stuff, I cannot make any sense of that. Oh yeah, no, no clue, no yeah. clue, no way, no how. So, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, interesting. I like cool. some of the Altart stuff. We'll we'll see how it goes. If they drop tr- precipitously in price, I could see myself snatching some up for fun, but I, I don't see myself going too crazy on that because I can I can scratch that itch with the force of will too. So it's like well, and then I can still read them in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can Agreed. Agreed. sort of experience the better art in other other games, I guess. Yeah. But eh, not very good. Cool, cool. So keep an eye on that. Buy, uh, sell your Microsynth lattices. And yeah. um, as always, may your picks always be profitable. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Bye.